This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. With fast funding up to $10,000 available through net credit, our online application process was designed to get the money you need quickly if approved. You can borrow an amount that meets your needs and repay in a way that works for your financial situation. And we report on-time payments to credit bureaus, so you can build credit history as you repay. See what NetCredit can do for you today. Check your eligibility without affecting your credit score at netcredit.com. All NetCredit loans and lines of credit are offered by a member of the NetCredit family of companies or one of our lending partners. Visit netcredit.com slash partners for more information. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. I'm I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, welcome back. This is another edition of that Millwall podcast in the closed season. This is show number four of our closed season shows. And as always, I am joined by my regular co-host, Omar. Good good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whichever it is you're listening to. Hello, Omar. Hello, Mickey. Thanks for leading the show today, mate. Um, a bit weird, but yeah, happy to be here as always. Fourth edition of the closed season special. So as always, happy to be here, mate. Well, you know, just for the listeners, the reason I am leading it is that Omar wasn't going to be joining us tonight, but thankfully traffic and everything else went in his favour and he managed to get home at the time of our recording. We are joined by our uh, Mill guru, the one and only Mill Fan TV. Kai, how are you doing, fella? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to this. I don't think I've ever met anyone so polite as you, you know that. <laughs> Every time you're the only one who comes on 
and it's thank you for having me. Yes, please, thank you. You, you know, you're um, <laughs> you must be our politest guest I think we've ever had. <laughs> Not bad. No, he's blushing. By the way, if you're watching this on video, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so mill transfer rumours this week. Let's start then with part one, and we'll be back straight after this. Welcome back, and this is part one. So, as always, we're going to talk a little bit about Millwall in part one. So, Millwall transfer rumours this week. We've had five new signings, um, the youngsters. So, Isaac, uh, Hayden Muller, Ryan Stanford, Joe Wright, and I'm going to fuck the last name up. Is it? Is it? Besarch. Besarch. Topolage. Topolage. There we go. I know. We're and they're also, up. for the benefit of everyone, I mean, Mickey, fair play to take today. Isaac Olafe. There you go. There you go. I, I, I know you avoided the surname, but it's, yeah. Yeah, they signed new deals, Olafe. mate. I think, are you happy with that, Mickey? I mean, I think five the youngsters. I think they're good youngsters. Um, you know, most of them, I mean, Hayden started on the under 13s. A lot of them have started um, with us for a while. I think they're good lads. I think there's a reason why we've got them signed up quick. And I think, you know, as long as as long as long we're not just signing them up to stop other people getting them and they're actually going to either get some, you know, experience through loans or they're actually going to get some first-team football, then I think it's superb. Superb move from the club. Five good up-and-coming youngsters and well worth it. Your thoughts, Omar? I mean, I haven't seen a lot of a couple of them, but I mean, obviously with Sanford and Joe Wright, when they released the retain list, obviously they said they offered new contracts to all these players and obviously they've now committed. We'll talk about the elephant in the room later on, I think. We don't really need to give credit to someone that's not signed a new deal yet with Mill in Abdul Malik, but we'll talk to that in a bit. But I mean, I'm happy, I'm happy about all five staying, really. Sanford and... Um, Joe Wright are both goalkeepers and we said it before Mickey I think when we recorded you know I said like you know probably one will be loaned out one will stay and then literally the next day it wasn't the news that then article was like first half season one will be out on loan second half season the other one will be out on loan and then the, the other one will be third choice so yeah I think that's a no-brainer of them two to stay just need to see more from Sanford so I don't know he's He's been around for feels like forever. He's probably due a testimonial and he's only been here you know he's, he's what 20 years old he's, he seems to be around for ages so I don't know about that one, but I mean, with Muller, it's a no-brainer, obviously, for him to stay longer. Hopefully, he gets some game time, um, and hopefully, he can get into the side and feature going forwards. Uh, but again, another that probably benefit of a loan spell. And likewise, with Lafay, I mean, I'm hoping to see a bit of him in pre-season. It sounds like he's going to stick around for a bit during the pre-season window, so to speak. Um, and I think he will be loaned back out personally, but. We we'll have to wait and see. And Topolage, I think he's a left-sided player. I've not seen a lot from him left-footed. I mean, I'll bring Kai in. Have you? Do you know much about Topolage? Or no, I haven't really seen him um, play that much. But um, but on the other players, I've obviously seen Sanford and uh, and then Wright play a bit uh, more. With obviously Wright playing under 23s football for quite a while now. Uh, looks good keeper to me. Uh, controls the box quite well. And I've seen him play. Obviously Sanford being in Rowett's match day squad for, for quite a while now, hasn't he? So. Uh, but I haven't seen much on Topper Lodge. Um, I don't know how. I don't know what. I think he's a midfielder, isn't he? He's a ver- he's versatile, Fender. I believe. I think. Yeah, Fender on the club site. Was it? I, I've, I heard he can play sort of in a couple of other positions as well. I think when they released that statement the other day, it said versatile. But yeah, defender. So maybe he can play midfield as well. So if he's versatile, yeah. it's always a it's always a good good signing in there, isn't it? If they can if they can play in more than one position. And then yeah, Hayden left footed as well, I suppose. So you know, it's a bit of a added bow to him. I think he's a bit of a ball player from what I've read of him in the past and I've seen other accounts. So yeah, it's an interesting one. We have to see if he features in pre-season before he goes out on loan. I'm sure there's probably plans to loan all these players out. Really, I mean, on the website, on the Mills website, just 
um, as we know that Millwall uh, staff do listen to this, uh, you need to change his date of birth because um, the fella definitely wasn't born 7 of the 6th, uh, 2021. You need to change mm-hmm. that. But um, he's, uh, he's a fullback, signed his professional terms with Millwall in the summer of 2019. So he's been here a couple of years. Um, he's been a regular in the side of the under-21s, regular after Christmas 2018-19, where he mainly operated as a left-back, and he's one of the first names on uh, Kevin Nugent's team sheet. So he looks as if he's a well-thought-after player, and he's obviously got some skills about him if, if he's being named um, one of the first names on the sheet week in, week out. So, you know, hopefully um, we can see some things of him going forward. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's a no-brainer, I suppose. And I, I, I just want to see these players play, Mickey. I, w- I want them to play league yeah, football. I look at Lafay and I'm thinking, right, I, I don't want... As much as I want him to stick around and, like, try and get his opportunity to play, Rowett is either going to know or not if he's going to play him or not. And if he if he feels like he's, you know, not ready yet or if he needs time to develop more, just get him out on loan. Like, him signing a new deal. I mean, the club hyped up quite a bit on transfer, on, like, on the, you know, the tweets and stuff. There was pictures of him saying, welcome back, Isaac. And, you know, I think they call him Tanto, don't they? So that's his middle name. So, like, yeah. welcome, welcome, Tanto. You know, he's back at the training ground. Signs a new deal that's hyped up a bit. I think, you know, that's positives. A lot of the time, I think people take that as, like, oh, he's definitely going to play. But, you know, the club media... And the manager is two different thoughts. Obviously, they'll know what the manager maybe thinks of him, but it's not gonna it's not gonna be route going go on, big it up, big it up. It's just gonna be the club bigging it up because obviously there's been a lot of stir around him, and obviously the fans have been talking about it, and you know it gets a few clicks and retweets, doesn't it? So I think you know I think for that I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. It's, I'm convinced. I mean, he's definitely gonna play next season, but I, if he is gonna be a squad player and not playing every game, or you know at least being the squad enough. I just want him to go back out to League Two. I think Sutton won him, don't they, back, you know. Yeah. Maybe, if not Sutton, maybe a team that's maybe higher up the division that should maybe be in the top chasing at, you know, League Two. It's a natural progression for him. I just want him to play games. That's all, really. Just go out there and score goals and make a name for himself. I think it's something what we've said before is, you know, we need to nurture these players and move them forward. I think it's also a bit of, we sign these players up to stop them going for no money um, to other clubs. And I think, you know, the way the media and everything else is just just plays him up. I mean, you know, he, he definitely helped Sutton get um, promotion last season. And if he can go back there, he seems to gel with that team and it's not going to do him, you know, any harm, I think, going back there. Whether or not he does or or even step up maybe a bit and go to the league above and see if he's he's got it there. Um, but I agree with you. You've got to get these players out playing football regularly so that they can build their confidence, build their skill levels and just actually progress for the benefit of Millwall Football Club uh, and their self. I mean, Kai, you, you you watch a lot of the under-23 games and stuff. I mean, what's your views on on these five, what have signed? Um, yeah, I'm I'm pleased. I'm really pleased. I think Hayden Muller uh, is a really exciting player from the from the you know the, the games I've watched under-23s and uh, first team. I thought when he came into the first team as well, I thought he was um he was brilliant at right back. I think he played what against Watford and uh, came on against Watford, didn't he? In the just before the season ended, and Bristol City as well. So uh, shows that that Raul has faith in him, and as well as playing against Burnley in the Carabao Cup um, earlier in the season, he came on and thought he looked really good there as well. So yeah, that progression from on twenty three and first team is no doubt a, a big step. But someone like Hayden Muller and Alafi and you know the others, you know Samford especially as well, looks like they're they're going to make the, the, the next step. But the other two, obviously Joe Wright and Topology yet, you know, we haven't really seen enough of them in the. We haven't seen any of them in the first team yet, so they're sort of unproven. But we'll we'll hope they'll be able to do the same. They'll step up the same as the others. No, I totally agree. I mean, 
you you raised the elephant in the room. Um, I'm a you know a, a little while ago. I mean, Malik, is he gonna is he gonna stay or do we think he's pretty much been turned and is and he's off? I mean, Kai, you start on this one. Um, yeah, I I know. I think he's a really good player. First of all, first of all, he's a really good player, and I'm, I'd really be upset. I'd be disappointed to see him go. I think, especially without giving him proper chance. Um, feel a bit more of a, you know, you when you let these sort of players go, you just wonder whether a, an SA situation is going to happen again. Um, especially with the with the quality he has when you watch him on videos in the under-23s. I think, you know, the other day, the other year he played against Bournemouth, didn't he, the under-18s, where they, they got to Stamford Bridge. I thought, I, I think, Omar, you were there, weren't you? So um, you'll, you'll be able to tell us a bit more about it. But, you know, he looked very, very quick and, and he looked direct. And I, and I think Raul probably should have given him a chance towards the back end of the season, or at least, you know, given him, some sort of minutes, but yeah, I'll be really disappointed to see him go if he does. See, that's what annoys me. I mean, I don't know if he's going to come in there, Mickey, but like, what, what annoys me is if why have we left it so late to offer these players' contracts? I understand a lot of the business gets done at the end of the season, and like normally, especially with, even with the first team players, like you know Smith and Pierce. If if Rowett knew he wanted both to stay, and he probably knew start of April, maybe he should have you know often deal straight away and the same goes to Abdul Malik like you're a young player you obviously you know you want to break into the team you look at the likes of Billy Mitchell McNamara they come into the team and they play Muller's getting a couple minutes here or there okay cool so that's obviously there's, there's a there's a there's a roadmap in but you want the manager to make a real statement and if Abdul Malik was on the bench for five of the last games of the season I think he may have, may have been on the bench for one of them maybe I, I can't quite don't know if it sticks to the memory but you know, you want him to like kind of go, all right, come on, I'll, I'll show you what it's like. I'll show you that I've got really high hopes in you. But, you know, this is what you've got to do to be in the team, but give him a taste of it. And he hasn't really had that chance yet to really, you know, at least have the opportunity to go out there and do something. Um, when I saw him in the Chelsea game, he's always been hotly touted as like, you know, the skillful flair player on the side. Um, he, he's quite small, but he's rapid at the same time. So, you know, but I think he's filled up quite a lot. A lot of people said, you know, he's, he's actually become a bit more stockier. Um, and he seems to hold his weight in the 23. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be a shame to see him go. But at the same time, if he doesn't want to be here, ultimately it's going to have to, you know, he's going to have to move on. But I think it's going to be a messy situation. I mean, we're talking about, you know, young players getting poached, but it goes to court, doesn't it? You know, it's it, it can get settled but in through a messy way. So, I don't know. It's not the end of this story, I don't think. So, we'll have to see. No, I agree. I don't think it's the end of the story. I mean, look, you know, he's going to be turned big money. He's possibly going to you know, convince him unless he's already been convinced, you know, Arsenal, Swansea and whatnot might be able to offer good money for him more than what he'd probably get in Millwall. But, you know, realistically, if Rowett actually starts to play the youngsters and starts, you know, giving them a bit of progression, as in, look, you play well, we'll get you in the first team and see how you do, you know, against... I'm not, you know, I'm not talking about the best sides in the championship, but... Certain teams, maybe the FA Cup or the early cup games, and etc., see how they play, then yeah, great because then it gives the youngsters some form of looking where they're going. But if you're not playing them, then they're just going to look and go, Well, how are we going to progress here? We're not, we're not going anywhere. You want us to stay here and, and, and you know, give you our future, but what are you giving me back? I mean, you raised, you raised a little while ago about the guy who was at Palace, um, you know. We we dropped him when he was a youngster, but I always think that kids seventeen, eighteen are com- sometimes completely different players than what they are when they get to the early twenties. And we weren't just the only one to drop him. There was about three other clubs what you know wiped their hands of him and went no. And then maybe he just got out and thought, you know what, this is it. If I don't pull my socks up and actually fucking work, I ain't going to have a career in football. 
and, and something's clicked and changed because let's be honest, would these clubs, I think there's three clubs as, and four including us, would we really have dropped him if he was this good? Yeah, this is it though. Like I think Neil didn't fancy it at the time, Neil Harris, and Harris got rid of him. Like, no problem, he's gone. Holloway likes him when he's at Millwall, and coincidentally, when he got knocked back from Bournemouth afterwards, Eze, Holloway gave him a contract at QPR, gave him some time in the 23s, then put him in the first team, and then Eze went on from strength to strength. So, obviously, late bloomers is definitely a thing. McNamara's 22, you know, he, he's only just coming to the first team, pitcher, so to speak. So, yeah, I agree. It's, it's definitely it's all it's just it's the, it's the game though. You got you got to make a guess on someone at sixteen, seventeen, and go. Yeah, they're gonna you know you're gonna put you put all your eggs in one basket with them, or you're gonna move them on. But I th- I'm definitely for the decision to offer new contracts to these players. You know, like you never know. Like even if two of them come good, I'd argue McNamara and Billy Mitchell are both worth plus of a million right now. You know, and that's maybe ambitious. Maybe you could say, but if they have another season in Championship football and they both play 30, 40 games each next season. They might be worth two million, especially if we're a side that's going somewhere. If we're a side that's in the top six, they could be worth five million. I know it sounds stupid, but this is literally how a lot of players get priced up if they're playing well, competing at the top. And this is what I think, you know, from a club perspective, this is when Berylson's got to come in or Steve Kavanagh's got to come in. Someone with a footballing, I've always said this before, where there's got to be someone, I think, on the board that's the football head here, not to, not to overshadow the manager. You put we put a lot of faith in our managers, we always do, and it's worked for us, but there needs to be the pressure on the manager to go bring some of these youngsters in because these could be the valuable assets in the future. You know, Hayden Muller, if he played 30 games for Mill in the championship and it's a successful Mill side, his value goes up untold amount of times. And this is when we've got to start to play the game, I think, a little bit as a club. Yeah. I totally agree. I think you, you've got to look at, realistically, the first team football, the championship, is a shot window for your youth players. If you don't really think that they're going to be with you, but they're half decent players, but they're not fitting in your plan, you've got to play them to get their funds up and then say, here you go, come and get him. If you want him, come and get him. Get him off our books, but give us some money for him. And then it's a win-win. But best case scenario is that if Billy Mitchell becomes our player of the season and wins the championship player of the season, that's five million made out of nothing. That's my point here. Like, Yep. You know, and if you believe in these players, but you're not 100 percent sure, that's what I'm saying. Where the pressure needs to be put on the manager a little bit, not necessarily to play for the sake of playing them, because I, I know what you're saying there. Like obviously, valuation you can sell them on if you don't know part of your plans. But these players could be something or nothing that then could be. You know, look at Rashford when he played for United, played yep. in the Europa League, scored twice by chance because five strikers were injured. And then Rashford went on to play for England. I'm not saying every player is going to have the trajectory, but you got to offer these players the opportunity at least to absolutely. go out there and grab it. Yeah, absolutely. That's what yeah, I agree. think. So you mentioned some of the first team squads. So we go on to some of the first team squad. Another another guy what was contracted this week um, under a bit of a love fest by whoever does a social media um, account at Millwall. Um, we had so many tweets posted. You know, it seems as if Millwall's now gone on a on a Daily Mail route, really, um, a tabloid press route of clickbait um, on their Twitter accounts. They just seem to be a 12-year-old boy who just wants likes and and retweets. Um, Matt Smith signed. Uh, he's penned a one-year contract. Um, he's scored 19 goals in 77 appearances over the last two seasons. Obviously, last year is a bit um, injury-prone, so he didn't get to play as many as he did. Um, but at least he didn't leave as a free agent and we've got him for another season. Um, your thoughts, gents, on Matt Smith? We'll start with you again, Kai. Uh, yeah, I'm pleased. Yeah, I'm really pleased. Um, you know, Matt Smith's... I, I think he's a really good player to have 
you know, having your, in your on your bench to be able to bring on. I'm not sure whether he is any more than than that. I don't know whether you two agree with that or not, but, you know, I don't know if he's that sort of player that will be able to last. I don't think he can last 90 minutes, can he? But when he plays, he always brings on, he, he, he frightens the life out, life out of defenders, I, I, I think, when he comes on. You can just see the fear in the defender's eyes when he's going up to win the ball in the air. And I think he's a great asset to have if you're 1-0 down or even drawing and you're looking to win the game. I think, you know, as soon as the ball gets crossed, in the, crossed into the box, he's got a, a great finish on him. And, you know, I'm, I'm pleased we got it done And because obviously to walk away in a free, on a free agent would, would have been a bit disappointing. But yes, yeah, so I'm pleased to, for him to have stayed. He's definitely a player you want on your in in your team. You want a yeah, player yeah. where, you know, 30 minutes, 35 minutes, you want to change the game, bring him on. He's definitely a player um, you want in your team. He's definitely not a player you want coming at you. Um, and I think I think it's a bit of a, a, a great signing for um for Millwall to get him on another year contract. I think it's um yeah, I I I, I think he's a good signing for the club. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do now that he's not so much hopefully not so much injured this season and actually gets a lot more minutes. Um, than what he did last year. So, I mean, Omar, what's your views? Yeah, I mean, I feel like we spoke about him quite a bit the last couple of weeks. And what Kai's just said, there's like, you know, nail on the head, really. It's bang on, I think. And I said it last week, there's 24 clubs in the championship. I reckon all 24 would want a Matt Smith on the bench, especially with when you know have nine subs or something stupid in a minute. But, you know, when you're Matt Smith's on the bench, 25 minutes to go, you're chasing the goal, you want the ball to stick up top. Get players in and around the box. He's the perfect utility man in championship for that, in my opinion. So, you know, I think it's a no-brainer. He's obviously happy to stay. To reduce terms, obviously, you know, we don't want him taking up a, a simple amount of the budget, the playing budget for strikers, especially if we want to try and sign players. Um, and yeah, I think you know it's a no-brainer really, and happy to see him stay and obviously sign on the dotted line along with Pierce last week. Absolutely, I think it's a, um, I think it's a good signing. So. We finish up with a couple of um, rumours that are out there. Obviously, whether or not there's any truth in these rumours or not, I don't know. Um, Josh Windass has uh, been drawing a lot of links to a number of clubs since Wednesday's relegation. Um, Millwall confirmed has has made the first move. Do you reckon um, it'd be a good signing for us if we do get him? Serious player, Mickey. I I like him. I agree. Yeah, I, I really like him, and I think it's exactly the sort of player that. I'm happy to see it be linked with us, to be honest. He's not, a, he's not a number nine. So, you know, to me, this is the attacking player that Routes referred to a couple of times. But he's not the, the number nine striker that's going to score us 30 goals in a season. Not that we've had that for so many years anyway. But I think he's a real kind of flair player. I think he offers something different. I think he's Conor Mahoney's replacement or Conor Mahoney's rival, at least, to try and get something out of him. Um, and I think it's a no-brainer, really. I think it, it supplements the this, this side a bit more as well. And it's a different option, something different. He's he done well at Rangers, I think, four or five years ago. He scored a lot of goals for him in the Scottish Premier League, albeit that is, you know, a bit of an iffy league, so to speak. But the standard goes up a bit more, I suppose, every season over there. And he's come down, I think he played for Wigan, done all right there. And I think they paid a bit of a fee for him at the time. And then Sheffield Wednesday again last season, I think they paid a bit of money for him. And I think the Sheffield Wednesday fans love him. And, you know, for, for me... It, it takes a lot of boxes there and he scores goals obviously Dean Wendas was his son with his dad as well so natural kind of correlation there so I think for me happy days Kai? Yeah I echo Omar's thoughts there I think he's you can play him in, in a few different positions you can play him up front you can play him in behind the striker very clever movement if you look at it there's a, there's a clip on YouTube of his goals 
um, last season. His movement in behind is really clever. He either comes off the front man or he goes in behind the front man. So it's sort of the defences are being stretched by by his movement. Um, so yeah, I think he could, he'd be a really good signing. Uh, nine goals, I think he got last year, didn't he? In a struggling Sheffield Wednesday side, exactly. so that's, really that's really yeah. exactly that, that's 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 always that's, that's that's really impressive. So yeah, I think he'd be a really good signing if we could put it off. So, um, Josh, one, one one caveat. Obviously, I, I think I tweeted the other day. I don't think I don't on the official handle, but uh, Rowett and him had the little Barney in the Barney, yeah. game that's last right, season. Yeah. So when it was like at the end of the game, if anyone remembers on iPhone, I there's a little bit of a moment, I think, towards the end where there's a naughty tackle, I think. And then Windass and uh, Riot had a spat of words, so to speak. And um, Riot name dropped him afterwards in the press conference as well. So um, I just tongue in cheek for all. Oh, we could get the first ever charity boxing match between manager and player at this rate. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that it shows obviously Riot's still interested in him. He rates him as a player. And so, you know, nothing wrong with a bit of, uh, I think a bit of attention. I think he's a bit of a Marmite player. There's a lot of fans out there who don't seem to like him, but there's also a lot out there who think he, he could add something to the team. So um, so on on us, um, I think he, he could be a good signing for us. And I think you both agree, yes? Yeah, definitely. It's, I wouldn't say he's going to be a key player straight away, but yeah. he offers something different. And like I said, it kicks Mahoney up the arse if he's going to stick around. Yeah, no, and I think that's what we need. We need more competition for places rather than people being arrogant and thinking oh well I'm, I'm picked every game you need you need that that competition for the for the places so um our final piece of part one then is um is Luke McCormick or McCormick McCormick it's my writing there sorry um earlier in the year he was being linked to us possibly uh now looks as if he's being linked to Wimbledon um, on a free transfer with um, with some sell-on causes. Looks as if that offer isn't necessarily being offered to championship clubs, but would you take him if we could get him? Omar? I'll let Kai go first. Go on. Oh, no, I think he's a I think he's a he's a good player. Um did well and again in the struggling Bristol Rovers side that went down last year. Um reminds me a bit of a younger version of Jack Grealish in the way he wears his shin pads. Um and I've watched him a couple of times. He he looks a good player. I think he scored six or seven goals last year. From midfield, um, I watched him in the last game of the season because I think it was on on BT, and he and he looked good. So you know, it, one of them ones is you know probably a bit a bit more of a risk than than Josh Windus. I think I'd say Josh Windus is more proven than than McCormick at this level anyway, uh, definitely. But um, you know, he'd be a cheaper version or whatever. You know, I think he, I think he could even go on loan as well. I, I think I saw a report it was he's available on loan as well. So either way, probably be a bit of a cheaper option than Windus. It just depends whether you want to go younger and. And you know more, more unproven or, or a bit older, but but proven. Yeah, but yeah, another one that would be a good option. I haven't seen a lot of him, um, but I think from what I gather, read online reviews of him, he's he's a good player. He's a he's a Premier League standard, so to speak, pretty footballer. George Savile for me fits in that similar mold. For example, I'm not calling him a Premier League standard player, but he knows how to play the Chelsea way because he's been through their setup for many years. I think apparently his physicality could be an issue for the championship where he's, you know, he's a bit of a, you know, he does, he's not, he's not filled his body, so to speak yet. So um, from what I've read online, a few different reports. So I, I don't know. I've not really seen a lot of them to make a fair comment, but I don't buy the whole, I saw the tweet that you referred to, Mickey, from if it was Alan Nixon saying it's not been off to the championship. If he was good enough for the championship, he'd play in the championship, I feel like. So I, I don't know if that's maybe, you know, he might not be ready yet. Uh, he, he's, again, you know, players late development. It wouldn't surprise me if he comes through the leagues in a couple of years' time. He might go to the championship club. Who knows what's going to happen? But I, I, sh- I wouldn't be convinced um, straight away that would be the case. Um, before we do move on, Mickey, from part one, though, 
and I'm sure you will, uh, if you've got Sepi, McCall, mate, but there's two more transfers that we've not really spoke about that's just come to my head in a minute. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you finish up with McCall, mate, though. No, let's see. I mean, I don't think I don't think Chelsea are going to give him away. I think Chelsea will look to loan him out to see if they can they can build him up, let him fill out Andrew's body and that. But yeah, no, I knew you were going to come up with these. Go on in, off you go, Omar. There's two. There's two. I for completely no. forgot. Two. I don't. I don't. I think, obviously, you forgot as well. Then the nights, and that's not. I your did, fault, but you're the but... man who puts the tweets out every. Exactly. You're the man who's keeping us keeping <laughs> us up with all the transfer knowledge now. And if you want to catch up with those, they are on our. They are. Uh, on our Twitter account, which is at that Millwall podcast or at that Millwall pod even, and mm-hmm. uh, and look at the pin treat tweet at the top, and you'll have all the information you want there of any rumour what's been associated to Millwall over the last week or so. I need to play catch up after my weekend away, but I will I will put all the tweets out um, over the next day or so. But Uche Kpiezu was linked with Millwall. Um, Wickham wonder striker scored six goals last season for a struggling Wimbledon side. I thought he was a handful when he played against us. Obviously, a player that looked like he was a bit, you know, he could put himself about. He struck me as Tom Elliott, but a bit better than Tom Elliott. I, I don't know if that's a fair comment to say. He could come back to bite me in the bum, especially if he signs for us and scores 30 goals next season. But he looks like a handful and a good kind of player to be linked with, I suppose. I wondered maybe if he's more of a player we'd sign if Matt Smith didn't commit. Who knows? I'm not too sure. Um, and then also, the other speculation is that John Daniel Barton's available for transfer. So, if anyone wants to take him, I know an Icelandic striker played 50 times plus for his nation. You know, he, he gets himself about, he's a real threat in the box. So if anyone's listening to this, please take him. We'll, we'll drive him to you as well, please. Um, no, those, those of you do listening, do not buy him. I think he's going to go on and score 15, 20 goals for us this season. <laughs> um, so just so we get to see Omar do the naked streak down the blue. Um, I told you he was going to go. I told you, mate. I, I, um, I, I, I don't more... think no one's going to have him, if I'm honest. I mean, Kai, what's your, your thoughts on the two names, especially on the last one, what um, Omar's thrown in there as a curveball? Uh, yeah, obviously Bob Varson is one that, that, that probably, you know, splits the whole, well, actually, you know, many, many Mill fans are, are, have got, a, you know, an opinion on him. But I've um, I've actually, I actually know a uh, Barnsley scout. Uh, he plays, a, plays cricket with me and I've, I've tried to offer him to, to him, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see whether he takes him or not. Um, fingers crossed. I've I made it. him look really good it. as well. I've made him look really good. So hopefully, uh, I'm, obviously, I haven't said that we want to get rid of anything. So hopefully, fingers crossed, he might. They might come in. You know, on paper, he's a top player. It's just he's on paper. Exactly. It's on paper, yeah. but don't forget about how he plays on the grass. On play, on paper, ticks all the boxes in my opinion. He's That's exactly what he does. He's probably shit on championship manager too, but yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he on all on his on his data on on all the, the the yards he covers and everything. He looks great, apparently. So no, <laughs> I, I haven't mentioned too much. Uh, I haven't sort of given him you know any any sort of like, inclination that I, that I don't want him. But um, but yeah, with him, obviously, wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't really care to see him move on. Uh, seems like actually seems like a really nice guy to be honest. Um, I have met I've met him once. And um, you know he's he's always he was absolutely fine to come up for a picture and stuff and that when he first joined. So in that way, you know, it just sometimes just doesn't work out for people at clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, but with with Ikpuazu, again, I echo Omar's thoughts. I thought that he only when we played against him uh, for Wickham, he looks a real handful up top. And and any any he, he, you know Hutchinson and, and Cooper struggled against him. I thought that that day, I think we drew 0-0, didn't we? So um, yeah, another one that that wouldn't mind uh, seeing him maybe potentially replace Bob Varson. Yeah, so yeah, decent uh, transfer link that. Excellent. Right. That's the end of part one. That's the Millwall stuff all done and dusted. Uh, We're coming back with part two and we're going to be talking England. Join us back on part two after this. 
Welcome back. This is part two. This is where we talk um, uh, England, really, in the Euros. And um, the game at the weekend was pretty much like we were in a time machine watching um, Millwall over the last season. Um, Omar, we're going to come to you first. Um, Your thoughts on England, Scotland. Um, Personally, I think Scotland played well. They played better than us. They took it to us. Um, And I think England just didn't look interested. Um, Whether or not they were overcome with the emotion and the you know, the razzmatazz and everything else about the game, but they just didn't seem to be switched on. It's a bit of a shitter, wasn't it? It was... Yeah, probably. It it lived up to be, obviously, you know, albeit with a small reduced capacity crowd, I'm one of the people that missed out on tickets for these games and, like, you know, gutting, even just talking about it now, to be honest, you feel like I missed out. But then again, with hindsight, watching that game on TV the other night, I mean, yeah, it wasn't that great. I think... Do you know what? This is the first game where I thought the players were scared to lose. Like they they didn't want that defeat on their record, so to speak. You know, we were the overwhelming favourites. Scotland, the underdogs, I think they're the third lowest rep, rep, uh, ranked team in the tournament. Obviously, Scotland wanted it more. I, I agree with you. I think both teams probably wanted it, but they definitely Scotland showed up for it a bit more. I think you know if you look back on the game, we we had a couple of chances. Stones hitting the post in the first half. If that went in, completely different game. Um, but yeah, especially in the second half, Scotland grew into it. And I'll I tell you what, I'm quite happy that we got away with a 0-0 in the end. No, I totally agree. I think the problem was is that we started the game really slow. And the problem is when you when you start slow against a team like Scotland, who, you know, they they had a noisy crowd there. They've had, you know, the the build-up, for some reason, the build-up to, to Scotland-England games are always the same. Scotland always come down, take over the town, um, that you know, there's loads of of good stuff around it. Gone. How how brilliant was the the Scotland fan getting hit by the moped? Please say everyone's seen that video. Oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, like, fair play to him. It was on the one. That's the one where he's bent over double when he's yeah. Trying, he's bent over road across the road, like doing the other little like drunk run, and um, his mate's cracking up anyway as it is, and then he gets hit by the bike, and his mate is just in hysterics. Like he's probably got hit by an Uber driver trying to d- drop off some food, and. Like, he's in hysterics, he's mate. And he gets back up in fair play. With fast funding up to $10,000 available through net credit, our online application process was designed to get the money you need quickly if approved. You can borrow an amount that meets your needs and repay in a way that works for your financial situation. And we report on-time payments to credit bureaus so you can build credit history as you repay. See what net credit can do for you today. Check your eligibility without affecting your credit score at netcredit.com. All net credit loans and lines of credit are offered by a member of the net credit family of companies or one of our lending partners. Visit netcredit.com slash partners for more information. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Get some soldiers on. You've got to think, how did he feel Friday morning waking up after that? He probably just went, that's it, let's get on it again anyway. <laughs> but honestly, what a trooper. That, that, was, that was the highlight of the, of the weekend, that was. And 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 the few Scotland and the few Scottish fans with the micro penis syndrome, where um they seem to be, you know, wanting to flash and all that, and you know, 
if that was the size, mate, then I wouldn't be flashing that to fucking no cunt. But, you know, <laughs> it, it, you know it is what it is. But, um, quite. where do you think it went wrong? Do you agree with me and Omar that it was just Scotland wanted it more than England? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, first of all, we didn't assert our authority in the first in the first twenty minutes, like we did against Croatia. And even though we didn't score in the first twenty minutes against Croatia, I thought you know we looked a lot more. Um, we dominated the first half. I thought against Croatia, and I just think that that rubbed off on the fans, and it gave the fans something to be excited about. Whereas against Scotland, it was very slow. It was it was actually like watching Millwall a little bit in the way that they were very you know passed backwards, sideways, and it got a bit. You know, it was it was cagey. It was very cagey in the first twenty minutes. But I thought that you know Scotland could have taken the lead with I think it was Che Adams, was it who who should have probably scored a couple of times actually on the night, but uh, missed one after about five minutes. So, with as soon as that as soon as that flashes past the goal or Pickford saves it, it you know it gives Scotland a boost and they're thinking you know we can we can t- we can come here and, and get something here and they needed something out of the game to keep to keep Euros alive. So they were always going to be up for it. And we just needed to to calm calm down a little bit and retain the ball a bit better than we did in the first half anyway, um, and, and try and get that goal because if we would have got that goal, like if Stones would have scored, I think as Omar said, it would have been a completely different game, and you know it would have meant they had to come at us, which would have meant that we would have had more room in behind of them. Whereas you know the way that the game panned out, it suited them suited them perfectly. What's he doing not playing Grealish, by the way? What's that about? Like, I mean, Scotland, we knew they were going to sit in deep. You want to play that Grealish on the pitch that's going to grab the ball, run at defenders cause you know all sorts of havoc and he didn't really I feel like we saw glimpses he probably got the most foul player in the game even though he came on with 25 to go on Friday so I think he got hacked down a few times by O'Donnell at right back I mean I just didn't get the team I think it backfired a little bit he tried to be a bit smart bringing in Luke Shaw and Reese James taking out Trippier and Walker I think he if, with hindsight I think if he picked the team again he probably would have put Henderson in I think he would have brought experience back into the side you know I think I just think that the occasion got to the players a little bit and I, personally I don't I, I mean I think it was more so, let's not lose this. And we're still in a healthy position, four points at the time of recording. You know, we, this won't go out till Wednesday. We're recording Monday night. We've not seen the Czech Republic game yet. But we're in a healthy position in the league table. And, you know, we should get through the group quite comfortably. And that's what we want. But I, I, I'm not sure, like, you know, I think just the players on the day, a bit nervy. So we'll have to see. But then again, I think we're two or three changes away from our best 11. I'm still relatively positive. I think we've got to see a bit better and hopefully Kane can start firing because he doesn't look okay, does it, to me, at the minute? No, he looks... He looks as if he's not not right. He looks as if he's either badly, you know, maybe he's carrying an injury or is it the fact of everything going on about where he's going, teams he's moving to, et cetera, et cetera? Is it just that his head really isn't in the game at the minute? He'll get opportunities against Czech Republic. Like Czech Republic, I think, you know, will play a bit more than Scotland did in a sense. I know Scotland will praise them for, you know, a couple of chances, but they didn't get the ball on the floor and play a lot. They kind of played forward to Adams and Dykes up front. And you would do against England, of course you would, uh, especially at Wembley. But I think Kane will, will grow into games more if he gets the opportunity to play on Tuesday. I don't know what, if, I think Southgate will stick by him. He's his captain. But I, I think it was the service to him was poor. He didn't lead the line effectively. He didn't get on the ball a lot. I think it was his least touches in English shirt for a long while. You know, lots of um, glaring poor stats, to be honest. So, you know, it is obviously worrying signs. But if anything, if whenever Kane's had doubters, he's quick to prove him wrong. So, you know, I'd back him to score to be honest, tomorrow night if I was a better man. I think he's going to come back on all cylinders and hopefully grab the game by scuff the neck and shut all the haters up, to be honest. Fingers crossed there. Fingers crossed there. Um, did you manage to get a ticket for tomorrow night or not, Omar? 
Ah, uh, no, I didn't. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> Do you know what, Mickey? Oh. Me and tickets going from uh, Cat A and Cat B for Millwall and going from England and the Euros, you know, it's, it's a thankless task. And, like, do you know what? I, I don't for one second um, put label any, like, hatred towards anyone, aside from the person that ate that bat at some place in a remote location that we won't talk about. But, you know, it's, 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 it's a shame because, obviously, I've missed out on so many, you know, good days, especially to watch England in a tournament. It would have been the first time I watched them in a major tournament. I've I followed England, like, way sports travel club. I've done it for a few years now, and I was looking forward to it. But, you know, reduced capacity, lost my tickets, had a chance to get my ticket on um, Saturday morning, no, Sunday morning yesterday, and just missed out on the ballot. So, so, so be it. It is what it is. But... Hopefully we get through to the round of 16. I think there's more um, capacity attendances allowed, 45,000 doubles. So hopefully I'll be able to give you some live reports from the game um, and be able to tell you about all the stories I get up to if we get into the last 16. Sounds good. So let's, um, we're, I think we'll leave there because it was a crock of shit, really. Um, the only thing missing, realistically, from that game was a bit of Gaza magic like mm. we had in 96 um, because I think it was the same sort of game. It was just, you know, we had Gaza then um, during his, you know, pretty much in his prime where he's, you know, where he's going. But um, Scottish national team today announced that they can confirm that Billy Gilmore has tested positive for COVID-19. Heavenly Age Republic Health England, Billy now is in self-isolation for 10 days and therefore will miss tomorrow's game of UEFA 2020 Group D match against Croatia at Handham. Um, at Handham. And then obviously... England then makes an announcement that England's Ben Chil- uh, Chilwell, to be fair, the bloke's a bit of a gutless cunt anyway because he wouldn't take throw-ins when he, when he come down <laughs> to the then. Yeah. Um, and, and Mason Mount um, also have to self-isolate as a precaution after coming into close contact with Scotland's Billy Gilmore and could, well, I don't know how they could um, miss Tuesday's game. If they're in isolation, then they're definitely going to miss it. But I think, I think they're probably all going to be getting tests and see where we go from there. But I can't understand how only two players from England are being asked to be self-isolated and why um, there isn't any other Scotland why, players. Yeah, why are yeah. two England players isolated when 25 other Scotland squad members who come into closer contact with Billy Gilmore, why are they not isolated? I, I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you there, mate. It's... I don't know if the media is just trying to make a story out of nothing tonight. I, I'm not quite sure. I suspect if they both return negative tests, maybe they'll sit out tomorrow anyway. Maybe it's part of Southgate's plan. But I'm pretty sure they'll be both back in training because they get tested twice or three times a week. I don't know what the, the protocol is for the, the Euros. But, yeah, surely if they're isolating, the whole Scotland team needs to isolate. Uh, I don't and, get the ref, and the ref, yeah. possibly. Um, and, you know, the support staff and everything else. Because... He's going to have been in the dressing room, so he's going to be around, you know, fuck me, you could go to a restaurant and if someone tests positive, Track and Trace could possibly tell you, you need to isolate. Um, so why isn't the whole of the Scottish team? Unless they, they're pretty much looking at it and going, well, we can't afford to jeopardise the tournament like this. We can't delay games. Um, you know, with what happened to Ericsson, um, they, got, they got told play the game today or play the game tomorrow. That's your choice. This is such a tight run tournament that there is no chance for delays. If you delay it, the financial penalties and risks what are out there outweigh anything else. So are they prepared to take risks with people's health for the benefit 
of keeping this tournament going. That's it. I think you're, you're yeah. right, mate. So yeah. it's, we'll have to wait and see. I think hopefully um, Scotland lose tomorrow anyway against Croatia. And it's a non-issue for them. They can go home and do whatever they're doing. Interesting, they celebrate the draw on Friday. Says a lot, <laughs> I think. You know, let's have a little drive at Scotland whilst we're at it. But um, yeah, a hard one, really. I, I don't know what else to add, really. I mean, look, if you've got any views on this, then, you know, as always, uh, get in touch. Um, you can follow us across social media. It is one one account what follows you across social media uh, that is at that mill pod and you can do that on instagram tiktok facebook uh twitter uh anywhere where there's a social media you'll probably find us on there um going on to england chances going forward after that game um the other week kai you were on and you said england's going to do it football's coming home you still thinking that um, yeah, I, I do still believe, and um, I saw an, I saw an interesting article the other day. I think it was from the Mirror or something. After just reading it a lot the other day, and um, and it said that Gareth Southgate was explaining to the players how you know other other teams have had worse starts than us, or you know with four points from two games, we probably would have taken that at the start of the tournament. We probably would have expected a point against Croatia and three against Scotland, but the other way around. But uh, I think yes, he said something like you know Spain when they won the Euros, however long ago it was. Uh, they got three points, or they drew all three games and went on to win the tournament. So it just shows that you know, even if you have a bad group stage, it's it's always actually better to peak late rather than early. I think that's I think that's quite a, quite a good point made the other day by someone. So um, so yeah, I still I still believe we're gonna we're gonna win. Um, but I just think it depends on the on the team selection he puts out because if he keeps you know taking, I, I don't understand when he takes off Foden. I think Foden. Is, is someone that you, you shouldn't take off, especially when he was playing so well the other day that, you know, his first touch is just immaculate. And, and when he gets in the ball, the crowd, the crowd are excited. They, they, they think something's going to happen. And, you know, another one that he doesn't seem to be bringing on is Jaden Sancho, who's got remark, a remarkable stats, isn't he, in the, in the German league. So, you know, I just think he doesn't quite know his best 11, but I think, you know, that maybe that's a bit harsh on him considering that he didn't have all that time to work with them when, you know, the Chelsea and Manchester City players were, in the Champions, playing the Champions League final and Manchester United, so I do believe still it's going to we're we're still going to win it, but um, I think there's going to be a few more twists and turns along the way. Omar, same question to you. Then England chances are going forward. We still believe. <laughs> we still believe it's coming home, mate. No, I, I'm still believing. <laughs> of course, I am. We still believe, mate. I, we've got no choice but to. To be honest, I think. You know what? I'm going to put that game in isolation. I'm going to remember the first game. We beat Croatia. Like, like Kai said, we would have took four points. If you said to me four points in the first two, happily we would have took it. I still fancy us to get the job done tomorrow against Cre- uh, Czech Republic. We're probably through to the next round. It's just it's, it's the interesting part of if we win Group D, we play, I think, in at Wembley on um, Tuesday the 29th. If we finish as runners-up, we play on Monday the 28th in Copenhagen against either Spain, Sweden, Poland or Slovakia from that group. It's, this is when it starts to kind of like, you know, you've got maybe wet the pros and cons of actually winning the group. Uh, you know, I think the runners-up of Portugal, France, Germany and Hungary, there's no given game. But I, I will say when it comes to them sort of ties, we will suit them games more than we've done against Scotland. There was a lot of pressure, I think, on the Scotland game. So like, I feel like for me, it's gone now. At least we didn't lose it let's move on from it and hopefully we get a good performance and I think with the point about you know playing Sancho or playing Foden taking Foden off sorry um, not giving Grealish game time obviously I want Grealish to start it's quickly becoming a scenario of uh, 
Svengold Eriksson trying to fit Skulls, Lampard and Gerrard into the same team from 2006 and 2004 or 2002. It's a thankless task, but you're the manager. Pick your team and stick with it and just go with what you think is the best side. The problem is, I think, 96, everyone knew the England game. You had some real fucking, real big players in that team, you know, real um, heroes of English football, you know, um, highly, highly distinguished, highly, you know, warriors who played for England for the badge. And I think we've now got the kids now, but the problem is with social media, um, with the way news news is 24 hours, et cetera, et cetera, they would have seen everything. And I think the trouble is, is that I don't think you can go into that game thinking, oh, we're going to win this. You know, they just didn't look as if, I wouldn't say they weren't up for it. I just think they were overcome by the emotion of the event. Um, And I think the next game, I think we'll bounce back. I agree with you. I think we're going to get stronger going forward. Um, And, yeah, you know, look, Southgate is Southgate. Um, You know, I still don't forget that he missed a fucking penalty, the prick, um, and fucked up our chances in 96. So, you know, he owes us and he and he needs to make sure that he can, you know, he can get this team to the, you know, at least the final. Um I think and, he's he's done a good job of getting the camaraderie there. The, the, yeah, the, the, squad, the, the squads together, like the, the squads sing singing from the same hymn street, regardless of who plays. And he says the most important players in the squad are players who ain't playing. You know, there's players that are sitting there that probably won't even play a single minute this tournament, but they're the most important players because they want. He needs to keep the harmony of the squad there. Yeah. The problem, the problem is, is, and this is like you say about Southgate. You know, like his managerial credentials aren't very, very special apart from getting into the semi-finals against lesser opposition in the run that we had. I, I'll say it: the first hurdle was Croatia, and then we lost. But you know, you only learn from them experiences, and I think you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm for the positivity at least for now. The blips. The last game, hopefully that's the only blip. It could be a blessing in disguise. So I, I'm still positive. Fuck it. What we've got to lose. The football's coming Excellent. home. Excellent. Um, let's stop with the negativity to a degree. Euro so far. Enjoyed it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's been great. What's, yeah. what's your best team? Who, who do you think looks dangerous? Apart from obviously Germany. Germany uh, on Sunday, look, fucking, they, they are coming right on form at the right time, aren't they? Yeah, that was a great game. I watched that. Um, I caught, I, I didn't catch the games last night, so I didn't catch any of the Italy, Wales or Switzerland, Turkey. But Italy scared me because yeah. I think they made seven or eight changes yesterday. They've been unbeaten in 30 competitive matches. I, I wouldn't say they scare me, but I think they look a real side. Um, they're just typical pragmatic Italians. And I think, you know, Mancini looks like the best dressed manager. He's he's put Southgate to shame with his uh, waistcoat last tournament. And, you know, Mancini's like bossing it in a minute. So, um, yeah, I think definitely he's just a suave fellow, isn't he? I, I'll say it. <laughs> last, night, yeah. last, night's, last night's press conference. Why the fuck did he have that jacket hanging over his shoulder? I love there it, There's no point for it. It was just, hey, look at me. I mean, there's yeah. a photo. <laughs> There's there's a photo with them. I think they're on a plane or somewhere, and there's four of the Italian team just standing next, to, and it looks as if it's something out of a Gucci advert. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Or an Armani advert. It's yeah. just it's just stylish, but that's typical Italians. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Italians always do well at these tournaments, apart from obviously last one, but they normally do well. And when when they do have a bad one like they did last tournament, they normally bounce back strong. 
Um, and I think they're suited. They, they do look scary. Um, and Portugal looked, you know, Portugal and their, their game the other day looked good. And then against Germany, they didn't necessarily look as good. So no. Germany um, did look good. I think that, that was, but they've had two home games in Munich. So Germany looked Yeah. They, they're very, very quick with a the ball. They stick that ball in and they're bang, 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 bang. They're in the goal score. I mean, that goal, what was offside, what was disallowed, was fucking something else. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, the yeah. way he kicked it in was something else. Um, and Ronaldo's, you know, flick. Again, there's been some good little skills about. Um, and albeit sharing a group with uh, Austria, Ukraine and Macedonia or North Macedonia, she said to me that Holland would have nine points. I would have been, you know, fair play. Yeah. Like, you know, they look lively. So, yeah, it's been a good tournament so far. I, I, I've been enjoying it. It's two o'clock, five o'clock, eight o'clock. All the way then, two o'clock games are gone now. But, you know, the last couple of weeks were great, really. What we got now? Two at, two at five and two at eight now, ain't we? For the moment, yeah, to finish up the groups. Yeah. Yeah. So then that'll be finished. And then obviously we move forward. I think when's the groups finished? Wednesday? When well, they got a day off Wednesday, haven't they? I think, yeah. So you've got Wednesday is <laughs> the last games. Um, it's, I think, the finish of the group E, F, G, whichever one it is, with Germany, Hungary, and Portugal and France. And then you've got a couple of days off, Thursday, Friday. Then Saturday, you've got Wales playing at five against to be decided. And then eight o'clock, you've got Italy, Austria. So. We're we're in it. This is it. And um, England are if they play if they get through the group, which I think they're going to. Um, it looks like we'll probably be playing. I think on Tuesday if we win the group. So watch out for that. Exactly. So uh, obviously the other part, what well, we've sort of done there, but we'll come to you, Kai, on that one. Is you want to finish top or you want to finish second? Um. I, I think that you know whichever way whichever position you finish, you're going to get a tough team in in the round of sixteen. And I think you know to to go finish top, we have to win on tomorrow night. Oh, well, tomorrow night on the time of filming this, obviously. Um, so, but I, I think finishing top will be good because I think it will give us that momentum going into the round of sixteen. The last thing you want is a, is a draw against Czech Republic, and that that then gives more questions on on Southgate and the, and the team, especially after drawing against Scotland as well. So, I think oh, we need to, we need to win tomorrow. Um, to, to get them sort of doubters back on side and, and realise, you know, this team this team's a good side. Um, but yes, yeah, so in that case, if, after saying that, I'd, I'd like to win the group. I like it. I'm for it. Absolutely. Well, look, I think that is drawing us to an end, gents. Um, I quite enjoyed leading that. That was that was quite good fun. I didn't fuck up too much. And Ten out of ten, mate. And it was it was good. Um, no doubt the reviews will probably come in and tell me how much of a cunt I am. But look, it, it is what it is. I'd say nine out of ten because we always strive for improvement. So you know, nine yeah, out of ten. No, that's that's it, that. it. <laughs> um, just a, a couple of little things um, before we go. Is um, well done to Lions Food Hub. You've uh, you've managed to get some funding and get yourself a container. And well done to the Millwall Trust for finding some space in their car park for them to now operate out of um, the Millwall uh, Trust. That, that's fantastic news. Um, also, remember Millwall, if you are um, out and about a bit lonely or, you know, you're just about on a Wednesday morning between 9 and 12, remember Millwall is now doing a coffee day or a, an open house as such. We can go in, get a cup of tea, some biscuits and, um, and have a chat with some other people around there. Um, you know, look, if, if it's your thing, get down there and see them. Um, I think if you look at uh, the proper blokes club, they do a walk from 
um, down the blue or somewhere to, to Millwall. So if you want to get involved in that, check them out on social media or Facebook or Twitter. Um, I think I'm going to end this here with a little um, interview. When you do listen to this, the guy I'm talking to is 17. Uh, he's not a Millwall fan. He was a bit nervous, but look, it's something what broke on social media last week. Um, there's a guy up north, and um, his name is Millwall. Uh, his name is Millwall Burrows. That's his real name. He hasn't changed it by Depot. Um, listen to the next 10 minutes and you'll get a bit of an insight into it. But look, I've been Mickey and there's Omar. Hello. And Kai. Thank you for having me. That's been that Millwall podcast. Thanks for listening and tune in next week. Let's leave you with the boy named Millwall. Superb. Right, welcome, welcome back to part three. Um, this is a um, a little interview, really, with uh, towards the end of last week. You might have seen on on Twitter um, that there's a there's a boy called um, or a boy named Millwall, should we call him? Um, so, welcome to the show, um, Millwall. Nice to meet you. How you doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm doing all right. So, first things first then, how the hell did you get to know, how the hell did you get to be named Millwall? And is Millwall your real legal name? Um. Okay. So, my dad, he's a massive football fan. Like, he loves football. And, like, he's always wanted to name, like, one of his kids after a football team. So, when I came around, like, when I was born, like... You were thinking like all that boy names, and like you thought the name Millwall, so like that's how it, how it became. And yes, that is my legal name currently. So your legal name on your driving license, your first name is Millwall. Does does that give you any grief when people when you get ID'd or when people find out that your name is Millwall? Um, not a lot of grief by IDs, like. I haven't, like, experienced that yet. Like, people saying, is it a fake ID because of the name? But, like, I do have some people, like, coming up to me, like, saying, is that your actual name? Like, what's your actual name, though? Yeah, because I've seen it on Twitter where people are saying, oh, it's not your real name. Because you, you've got a middle name as well, haven't you? Um, yes, I do. Yeah, so I've seen people saying, oh, you've just put your names around the wrong way. Because... We've heard of people who've named their kids after players from from Millwall and um, something we used earlier where someone was called Bermondsey and stuff like that, but never actually the full team. So hopefully you keep your nose clean. Um, but I could just imagine if you ever got arrested, that could be an interesting conversation. <laughs> yeah, I don't plan Especially to get arrested football. anytime soon. <laughs> no, hopefully not. But yeah, that, I mean, and also I could see... Your job, your your job applications could be a strange one as well. Yeah, I've already experienced that. Like a while ago, like, I've been trying to apply to jobs because, like, you know, I need to get some money. <laughs> and like, <laughs> they probably like was a bit off put by the name, like you know, Millwall. Like, it's just a joke CV or something like that. <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? So, I mean, you're only you're only a young young lad, didn't you? You're seventeen, didn't you? Yeah. 
So I mean, yeah, you you you've got it to go with. But I suppose really, I mean, what does what does Millwall get shortened for? Mill or or Wall or I suppose Millie or, or there, there isn't really any any abbreviation of the name. Yeah, like my mates, they did call me Mill because it's you know easier to say. And I've got family who like calls me Miller and Walla. I just I just think it's I think it's pure class to be fair to be named Millwall. Um it's even I think it's even better that you're not you're not from London, obviously in case anyone didn't realise his accent gives it away. You're not from London. Um you, you know, you live up north, um you've got no real connection to Millwall. Um, no. And yet you got named Millwall. So as I, uh, to be fair, it's a completely unique name and there's probably no one else there what's got it either. Yeah, I hope that's the case. No, a very unique name. So so go years forward, when you have a child, would you name them after a football team or would you name them a normal name? Um, from my experience, I wouldn't want to give them the grief of like, you know, Name my son after a football team. <laughs> I mean, growing up in Oldham, going to school, you must have you must have had a a quite a tough time with having a name Millwall. Um, no, not really. To be fair, because like everyone, like when they first hear that, they're thinking, "Is that a joke?" And like you know, <laughs> it's just a bit of a laugh. To be fair, like they don't really mind. Like, I'm still myself, like, I'm still Millwall, but, like, you know, it doesn't really matter. I think it's class. I mean, obviously, your phone to, I mean, we're doing, we're doing the recording on, um, on Thursday, um, afternoon, and obviously, you're, um, come to the world of Twitter and whatnot today, so I take it your phone notifications have gone through the, through the roof today. Um, you've probably started muting everything you can at the minute because your phone's probably constantly beeping. <laughs> yeah, like they're still going off right now. Like it, it's so strange because, like, I honestly thought like no one would really care, but like there are tons of people just flabbergasted that the fact that someone's called Millwall. Oh, oh mate, I've I've been looking through the comments and they are as always with. You know, Twitter isn't real life. Um, Twitter yeah. is a, an alternative reality to a degree with some of the people who are on there. But the comments you're getting where people are like calling you a liar, you're just doing this for likes and tweets and everything else. And you, you've proved that it's your real name. And then yeah. people are still telling you, oh, no, actually, it's your middle name. You've got it round the wrong way. And you're like, no, it's it, it, it's it's my real name, it's the name I've had to do. But it's just blowing up, and I think it will go, it will start blowing up more. Because it's it really come out today, I reckon probably within another couple of days, you'll probably have uh, a story about you in the media at some point. I, I honestly believe that I can remember this, a story a while back now that possibly it was in the press when your dad named you. Really? I remember of something about a son being called Millwall, but I can't. I, I don't know. You know when there's something in the back of your head, but I can't. And I haven't Googled to see if I can find the article or whatnot. But 
I don't know. So you're obviously a football fan. Yeah. We we had a brief conversation with earlier. Um, and obviously you're living in a northern part of the town where Millwall will be coming to in the upcoming champion season. Um, yeah. So I suppose realistically, when we do, and when you know, we don't have to say the team now um, because I think it, it it might be better when it happens, just in case anyone tries to to block or, or look at what's what, and it'd be better as a surprise. But no doubt that when we do come to that northern town, um, yeah, I think you should come with us into the Millwall end, and when everyone's out in Millwall and Mill, then. Um, I think you should just stand up and take and and take it. Take everyone shouting your name out and uh, and we go from there. Yeah, we'll that'd a be bit classy, of to the to the away day, I think. Yeah, yeah, that'd be class, you know, because like, you know, I've never been to like a Millwall game, like home away, never been to one. It's so, like that's an experience in itself. Yeah, well, I mean, you're ever in London and you want to come to a game, then let us know. We, you know, we, I'm sure we can arrange to take you to a game and 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 uh, and get you to a, 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 a fill a, a Millwall game. There, is, there is nothing like um, home game at Millwall. But then again, an away day with the Millwall boys is um, just as good. And where you are, it'll be a good day out up there. So um, I think we're definitely arranged. Uh, me and my co-host will uh, we're definitely arranged to get you us. Um, on the on the away day, and we'll obviously announce it a bit closer to the time. But I think it's class. I think it's class that there is a boy named Millwall, um, and I think it's even more class that you just take it in your stride, mate. You, to you, it's it's my name. I mean, my name's Mickey, and and you know, it, it, you just take it in that that in in that way, don't you? you to you, you you're not bothered that your name's Millwall, are you at all? <laughs> no, not really. It's never left to be fair. Like I'm just used to that all my life. I've been called that, so you know. I think it's class. Um, I think it's class. That's it. That's it. You got your head screwed on for a 17 year old, so yeah, that's fair place. Look, if you want to find him, it's easy enough to find him. Um, you can see the threads out there. They are all out there. I think we read it earlier. Millwall retweeted it. Um, but yeah, so. This guy's called Millwall, really called Millwall, and he is the boy who's named Millwall. Um, but thanks very much for coming on um, and just giving us a bit of background to it. And um, yeah, look, in, in, enjoy your studies going forward, mate. If you're going to uni or college or whatever, you're going out to work, take it easy. And uh, we'd definitely be in touch um, when we're coming up north to, to the away day where you are. Um, and we're, we'll arrange to meet up before then. No worries. Look, thanks very much for um, for coming on and. Uh
Reimagine your life by becoming an RN at Duke Health, a recognized health system in North Carolina's area known as the Triangle, home to award-winning restaurants, beautiful scenic spaces, and an eclectic art and music scene. You'll have plenty to enjoy in the area and cities beyond. What's more, you'll have a career filled with purpose and opportunity, matched by benefits that best support your wellness, family, and future, offering sign-on bonuses and relocation. Apply today at DukeNursing.org. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding your motorcycle with your buddies on the open road. It's a potent cocktail of thrills, laughter, and pure adrenaline. A feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, sound effects guy. I'm real proud of you, son. Wow, that was terrible. Our apologies for even trying. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport, powered by fans.